Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, the theme of the day is the bow. Parenthetically, I'm a big fan of the bow. But Trey took one on Broadway. Will LeBron and A.A. Ron do the same in Hollywood and Green Bay? We have takes for days, and we have Chris Canty in studio for a few minutes, so let's not waste time. Here we go! Go, go. Only one place to start. Trey Young, right in Spike Lee's face, hit the three. After he made that last three-pointer over Bullock, he took a bow. I know where we are, a bunch of shows around this city, and I know what, what they do when the show is over, so... That's Trey Young taking a bow on Broadway last night as the Hawks send the New York Knicks home in game 592.9. The game in Atlanta, the call for the play-by-play, and Chris Canty is in my studio with me here. And for those of you, you know that Chris Canty obviously played in the NFL all those years, but also hosts mornings on 98.7 ESPN in New York City. And so you know this Nick team as well as anybody. What is your first reaction to the way this series went and finished up last night? Well, it was disappointing just after what you heard from Clint Capella in game four and talking cash money and saying that, yeah, you know, we're going to push you around. We're going to come to MSG, push you around. There's nothing you're going to do about it, and we're going to send you on vacation. You thought you would get a more spirited effort throughout the game from the Knicks. I thought the compete level was there in the first half, not so much in the second half. So from that perspective, I think it's a little bit of a disappointment. But the season on a whole for the Knicks is wildly successful. I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Well, I want to ask you to give me some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Because you played sports at the highest level, and I, of course, did not. But it seems to me that it is one thing to have... What, what's the phrase you just used? Did they have that the, 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 the Knicks in the first half they had? Com- the, compete level. The compete level. Yep. When the other team is just better than you, when the other guy is just better than you, I have to believe somewhere that ability to compete, to summon up whatever that is, starts to, to I don't know, to fade, uh, you know, to, to sort of to, to whistle away a little bit. And the one thing that was just made abundantly clear to me as one who has watched the game all my life and been a Nick fan all my life is, and there was just no question which was the better team in this series. And no matter how hard you competed, that wasn't going to change. Yeah, and I think in that second half last night, the Knicks realized that. It didn't matter that you had all the energy from the fans being back in the garden. Over the course of the series, I think the Knicks realized that they don't have any answers that were good enough in order to be able to close the talent gap between where they're at and the Atlanta Hawks. That's the realization of it. And the fact of the matter is, the Hawks star player, Trey Young, played a lot better than the Knicks star player in Julius Randle. It's hard to win games when your star player is shooting less than 30% for the series. You just well, can't do it. Here's, let's just say this, because this is the obvious reality. Trey Young played better than Julius Randle because Trey Young is an NBA superstar waiting to happen, and Julius Randle is not. Whenever it is that the New York Knicks wind up being a championship team, Julius Randle is not going to be the best player on that team. He may not even be the second best player on an NBA championship team. Trey Young is a different level of star. Julius Randle had a wonderful season. The city loves him. God bless him. He deserved most improved player. And he's a terrific NBA player, a good guy to have on your team. Trey Young is a different level of player. No, you're absolutely right, Greeny. And the results of this series, what that does for the front office is it keeps them from romanticizing what this team is. Mm -hmm. It keeps them from living in fantasy land, thinking that they are closer to competing for a championship than they actually really are. I was watching the game last night, and in that second half, I was thinking, well, at least the Knicks won't end up like the Jets did in 2016. 
The Jets fooled themselves in, after the 2015 season thinking that they were closer than they were having a double-digit win season, and then you saw they fell flat on their faces the following year. I, I think with this Knicks team, because they have so many impending free agents, because they have the cap space, because they have the draft picks, I think they're in position to be able to upgrade this roster significantly, and I have no doubt in my mind that's what Leon Rose and Worldwide West are going to do this offseason. Greeny and, and Chris Canty is in my studio with me here. How good was Trey Young in this series? Well, let me read you some names. This is the company that he kept. Players in NBA history to average 30 points a game as a visiting player at the Garden in a playoff series. Okay? So visiting players to average 30 at the Garden in a playoff series. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it in 1970. Michael Jordan did it in 1993. And Trey Young did it over the course of the last two weeks. Now, granted, the Knicks have played so few playoff series in the last 20 years that number is to some degree skewed. But it is still a stat that goes back 50 years. And that's what Trey Young did over the course of these last five games. Yeah, that's impressive company that Trey Young is keeping. And to think that this is his first foray into the postseason and being able to perform at that level... That's impressive to me. I mean, last night wasn't a great shooting night for Trey Young, but you saw his ability to impact the game, being able to control the tempo, control the pace, and distribute the basketball. And then in the fourth quarter, he found ways to score, being able to get to the free throw line, ends up looking at the box score, and you got 36 points from him. Well, look, 18 of them in the fourth. And and, and here's the thing. People are going to compare him to Steph Curry for a variety of somewhat obvious reasons. They're both undersized. They both have, I mean, unimaginable range, like historical Uh, kind of range but what he is he's much more of a true playmaker like Steph Curry is sort of a two that plays the one where he's the best shooter of all time this is not meant to be but what I'm saying is Trey Young with the ball in his hands is dangerous to do anything he's kind of more like Luka to me he's like a little Luka more than he is like Steph Curry Luka had 42 points and 14 assists last night that I think is what Trey Young is capable of being no, you're absolutely right. I don't think that Trey Young is going to ascend to being an impact player like we're seeing from Luka early in his career, but I do think Trey Young is going to be a really, really good player and a premier point guard for a long time, and it's because of the reasons that you just spelled out. Like, his ability to be able to get into the paint and do damage, being able to throw that little floater shot up there or being able to kick it out to open shooters, I just think there's an element of playmaking that's there in his game that you don't necessarily see from Steph on a night-in, night-out basis. Now, Greeny, we're with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. One other thing I want to ask you about, Chris, because I'm just fascinated by the psychology of all of this stuff. For a kid, Trey Young, he's 22 years old. He walks into the Garden in his first ever playoff series. And he is so willing to be the villain. Like, he loves it. Jalen brought this up on TV with us this morning. The, the biggest difference between Steph Curry and uh, Trey Young is that Steph Curry is beloved. I mean, everywhere he goes. At the Garden, if he scores 50, the crowd is cheering for him. Now, it hasn't happened in a playoff series, and that might feel different. But what does it say about a player as young as he is in his first postseason experience, that he is this willing to take on the crowds and shoulder that the way that he did. I think it speaks to his mental toughness, Greeny. I mean, you're not going to see too many young players roll into MSG and have that kind of performance when you're talking about postseason basketball. The postseason is a different animal altogether, and for Trey Young to not be overwhelmed by the magnitude of the moment, 
I, I think that speaks to how mentally tough this guy really, really is. And if you're the Atlanta Hawks, this is the kind of player that you want to continue to build around. Credit to their front office. I think they did a great job of putting complimentary pieces around him, getting a lot of length, a lot of size and athleticism around him to try to protect him, especially on the defensive end of the court. But they also have guys that could be shot makers. So I just think that Trey Young is in an ideal situation, and you're only going to continue to see him ascend from here. And look, I mean, after the bizarre nature of this NBA regular season in general, and then in particular in Atlanta, they made a coaching change on March 1st. From that point forward, the Hawks have the same record as the Sixers do. That's who they now play in the next round. I give them a real chance to win that series and make it to the conference final. Let me ask you one more thing. Again, as a guy who played football in your career, which is, I mean, the top, the level of toughness required is beyond my ability to even comprehend. Anthony Davis is in his ninth season as an NBA player. He has already logged 154 career DNPs. That's 20% of all the games he's ever played. He's got the groin now and all of that. Is it fair to criticize him for not being available to his team during these, the most important games of their season. Yeah, I think it's fair. The best ability is availability, and the Lakers traded for him, and they're, they're giving him this contract extension because they feel like he's going to be that guy that can complement LeBron James in the here and now, and he can be that guy to lead the franchise moving forward. And you got to be out there on the court in the most meaningful games, and the fact that he's not available – it's not a good thing. You got people questioning how hard he works in the offseason. You got Charles Barkley calling him street clothes. Like, that's, that's not what you're looking for for somebody that's being touted as the best big man in all of basketball. So, yeah, I think it's fair to criticize Anthony Davis. I'm a Lakers fan, and I hate the fact that you're talking about him not being available in game five and not game six. Street clothes is the funniest thing. Charles says funny things all the time, and that is one of the funniest things I've ever heard him say. We used to have an expression on my old show, Mike and Mike, the funny outweighs the mean. So it's mean-spirited. And I don't know if it's fair or not, but it's hilarious, right? It, it is. Street it's clothes is hilarious. Unbelievable. But Anthony Davis has got to do something to shake that nickname. He's got to hear it, right? He's got to hear He's got to be aware that it's out there. We'll see what he does. Anyway, Chris Canty in New York. You hear him every single morning here on, on, uh, on our station, ESPN Radio in New York City, and you see with me on TV as often as I can possibly get him. It's great to have you as always. Thank you, my man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so today I didn't even ask. Like, so normally when Chris is in with me on Get Up, I will find him before the show and I'll say, is it okay if you stick around and do the first few minutes of the radio show? Today, I just put in the rundown with you in it. <laughs> it's all good, Greedy. <laughs> Any, like anytime you have me on the show, you know I'm glad to be on. Yes. I'm ta- I am now officially taking you for granted. That's, <laughs> that's what happened today. All right, coming up, I will tell you why last night at the Garden reminded me of where I was 29 years ago today. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. The playoffs are back. I think this narrative needs to stop about this Russell Westbrook want to win. You want to question his shooting ability? Fine. Don't question the desire. Opinions, analysis, and the latest news. Tomorrow morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. I am Greeny, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll have Carlos Boozer in just a few minutes here on the Goodyear Hotline with Reaction. He, of course, is one of Coach K's greatest players. I've got a whole bunch to say about Coach K today, and we will get to that on what is a really busy day here on ESPN Radio. Again, uh, Carlos Boozer and all our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Hembo has joined the proceedings today as I turn to my left sitting in the seat where we just had Chris Canty <laughs> a moment ago. And I wonder, that microphone in front of you, is it adjustable height-wise? Because he's so much taller than you. How can the two of you, it's like a little stand sitting on a desk. How can you possibly be using the same stand? The same stand, the same microphone, the same chair. These are technological wonders. Yeah, because, I mean, you're not a small man, but he is a hotel. I mean, <laughs> he's so big. I, I don't, you know, they use the expression, like, some guy's big as a house. That's not big enough. He's like a, he's a castle. He's a hotel. He's whatever is larger than a I house. I don't know almost anyone as tall as and as wide as Chris Canty. To, put, to do both, I mean, this guy, he's, he is as well-built as they come. He is enormous. Mm. I, the, 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 the comparison I would make to it, though, I will never forget as long as I live, in the earliest, earliest, earliest days of Mike and Mike, we went to Chicago, and we went to a, a Bulls game. The Bulls were playing the Lakers. Shaq was on the Lakers at that time. And we were hanging around outside the locker room after the game. And Shaq walked out. And uh, you worked with Mike, obviously. I mean, uh-huh. Mike Olick is a huge man. Massive. I mean, six foot five mm-hmm. and whatever. Shaq made him look like a small child. <laughs> Sha- I mean, Shaq, Shaq would make Canty look like a small child. And have you seen the Yao Ming picture with Shaq? Yes. Shaq looks like a small child. But that's just height. Like, it's sure. one thing to be, Shaq takes up more space. There's more <laughs> surface area involved. And Shaquille O'Neal, I've never stood next to Yao Ming, so I can't speak to that directly. The Bulls did have when I covered them briefly. There was a center in the NBA. He was kind of a journeyman named Chuck Nevitt. Do you remember that? No. Look that up. I think he, I want to say he was seven foot six. And I, I remember interviewing him, like, just holding my microphone literally directly above my head, extending my arm as far as it could go. Listed at seven foot five, 217 pounds. Yeah, he was, he was, he was very narrow. No kidding. He, he was just like a straight line, but it was a very long straight line. Uh, anyway, I will tell you exactly where I was 29 years ago today and why that felt significant last night. In exactly 30 seconds, but right now it's time for that straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half feels really good, like walk-off home run in the ninth good. With straight talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. That's up to 50% less 
than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Okay, Trey Young taking that bow last night and then explaining afterwards why he did. I mean, the bow is something I did it, I did it in high school after I hit a game winner. And um, leading up to this game, uh, I knew I know where we are. I know it's a bunch of shows around this city. And I know what, what they do when the show is over. So that's pretty much what it was. So. That's Trey Young on Broadway taking a bow at the curtain. And it was one of those moments, one of those nonverbal messages that will resonate for a very long time in the way that pictures are worth a thousand words. And it reminded me that 29 years ago today, I was in the building for another of those. June 3rd, 1992 was game one of the finals. Michael Jordan against Portland, making six threes and scoring a finals record 35 points in the first half. And after one of them, he famously shrugged, as it is described here, at the sideline. I was in the building for that. It was actually the first NBA finals game I ever covered. And by the way, he was shrugging at Magic Johnson. Magic was seated courtside as part of the broadcast with NBC at that time. But that image of Michael shrugging has become as much a part of his legacy as pretty much anything. And if Trey Young really does become the next Steph Curry or something approximating that, maybe we remember that bow last night the same way. Trey Young, spectacular. There'll be plenty of time to talk about him. As to the team he beat, the New York Knicks had a really good year. And this series was a testament to that and to them and at the same time was a complete indictment of the NBA regular season. Because what you saw from the Knicks this year was a team that demonstrated that if you just play hard in every game of the regular season, you're going to win a lot of games because so many teams don't. And then what you saw over these last five games was just how flawed they are. The Knicks are a decent NBA team. They have some pieces. Julius Randle is a good NBA player. Derrick Rose at this stage of his career is very good coming off the bench. You saw how limited it is as they continue to lean on him after his big performance in game two. All the rest of these pieces, maybe R.J. Barrett turns out to be a really good frontline NBA player. He feels a long way from that right now. Right now, he looks like a guy who you are hoping turns into a regular part of a championship rotation, but definitely not a guy that you look back on someday and say, oh, we won a bunch of championships because we had R.J. Barrett. And you look up and down the rest of that roster, they don't have anybody who can make a shot consistently. They don't have anyone who can create a shot consistently. They're a long way from home. The bottom line is this. The Knicks need Damian Lillard or someone like that. They do not have the best player on a legitimate contender. I'm not even sure they have the second best player on a legitimate contender. And until they do, here's the unfortunate reality. They're much better than they were, and they're very easy to root for because they have a scrappiness about them that you admire, but they actually are no closer to winning a championship than they were before. So let me make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And for that straight talk, let me bring in Nuno. Hashtag Nuno, my beloved Knicks fan, the producer of this program. Is there anything I just said that you would, would care to take issue with as we put a ribbon on what was, again, a good season with a disappointing finish for your favorite team, Nuno? Nope. While you were talking, I was thinking of what guy can that be? Obviously, Dame Lillard, uh, Donovan Mitchell, 
like Bradley Beal. So I was actually going, you know, just running through names in my mind of, hey, who is that guy that that will that will add that that threat that they need? If you put any of those three guys, particularly Lillard, who I think is the best of those three, but I think Beal would be sensational. I think Donovan Mitchell's future is unlimited. I, I, I don't think anyone knows yet how good he might ultimately be. I think if you put any of those guys on this team as currently constituted, then yeah, now you really have something. Now you have a team that I think is a threat to go deep in the playoffs. Here's the problem. None of them are coming. None of them are free agents. That's not what's about to happen here. So I, I will tell you, I just walked in, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. I, I, I overheard a snippet of a conversation. And there's nothing more dangerous than reacting to the snippet of a conversation. But every day in the first break of this radio program, I walk into the green room, which is right outside our studio, and I grab the protein shake that I stash in the refrigerator before we do get up. And first take is always on in there. And I don't get to hear first take anymore because I'm on at the same time. But those, they're on right now, Stephen A. and Max and Molly. And Stephen A. and Max, as most people probably know, are both huge Knicks fans. So they're talking about the Knicks. And the little snippet of a conversation I heard, I think this is what Max's take is today. It is that the Knicks could be on their way to being where the Nets are right now. And that is to say that what the Nets did was establish that they are a good team with a culture that people might be interested in being a part of in an attractive place to go play. And the next step was... They talked Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving into coming. Now, that's obviously the big step in all of this. But I would agree with that, that they have at least set themselves up, the Knicks I'm talking about now, to be that. They have been, unfortunately, forever, for a variety of reasons, a team that no big stars wanted to come play for. Maybe, just maybe, in the way the Nets did this with Karis LeVert and and a bunch of other players, They're now a team that has kind of established a culture and a feeling around them with a coach some people like, others don't. A lot of people don't want to go play for Tibbs, but some probably will. That maybe the allure of coming to New York, being the one to finally unlock that, being the one to finally, you know, lead the Knicks to where they have not been in what will very soon, unfortunately, be 50 years Um, maybe they have put themselves in a position to finally attract that. And that makes, if that's what Max's point was, and I don't want to speak for him, I just heard 45 seconds, but I think that's what he was saying. That, to me, Hembo, would make some sense. It it seems that they sold Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the organization, whereas the Knicks would be selling the culture, I guess presumably with the organization, but the Nets fired Kenny Atkinson and hired Steve Nash. I mean, presumably... Tom Thibodeau Thibodeau was baked into the cake here, right? So that's a big part of it. I'm not so sure that those guys go to the Nets if Tom Thibodeau is the coach and guaranteed to be the coach for the foreseeable future. Here's what I'll say. When it comes to getting players like that, nothing is guaranteed, Mm -hmm. right? Tom Thibodeau is on extraordinarily stable ground and deserves to be. He coached. I think he's a terrific coach. He had a great year. He might wind up winning coach of the year. But if... If Kevin Durant calls you up and says, I'll come play there, but I need a different coach, Tom Thibodeau is going to be back here hosting Get Up With Us. <laughs> That's just the way it is. I mean, I, I don't want to say that because I, lo- I happen to like the man very much. For anyone listening who doesn't know that, when he was between jobs, he worked with us, Hembo and me, on this show, mm-hmm. on Get Up. He was in here all the time. And I really like him. He's a fascinating guy, and he is a basketball savant, and he's a terrific coach. 
But if it is, if it's a question of getting Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, and I'm not saying any of them would stand on the table and say fire Tibbs, but if they might, then you do that. So you're saying that coaches in the NBA now wield that little power. I mean, basically you name me the coach who is more valuable to his team than a player of that magnitude in fact don't bother there's no (laughs) that human being doesn't exist all right we have a lot more that we will say about this as we go plenty of nba conversation today but there's another huge story today can i also mention that is your dad's razor older than you are get him something new for father's day a dsc six blade razor is perfect for an extra close precise shave Get one now at a store near you or as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash greenie. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash greenie. All right, let's bring somebody in. We have breaking news. Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski is planning to retire. He is too old for this stuff. That was basically the tenor when Roy Williams said he was retiring in North Carolina. And now we will get a victory tour of Mike Krzyzewski. Mike Krzyzewski announcing yesterday he will retire after next season. He'll have a news conference an hour from now that we will carry for you. And joining us here live now on ESPN Radio is one of the all-time great players that Coach K had. He's an analyst for us now at ESPN. We can talk some NBA as well as we bring Carlos Boozer into the conversation. Good morning, Carlos Boozer. Greedy, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Well, I'm doing great. It is great to catch up with you. It's been a long time. Um, and, and I want to start there. You know, uh, I heard... I heard Jay Billis talking about this today, but then it was Jay Williams, your old teammate, who was on my show this morning and said, Coach K didn't coach basketball. He changed lives. As one who would know that, Carlos, how how does he do that? How did Coach K change the lives of the people who played for him? Yeah, that that is terrifically said by Jay. I talked to him this morning on his show as well. And Coach is just one of those guys who has the – the rare ability to bring people together, you know, whether you're a 17 year old kid from Juneau, Alaska, like I was, whether you're an 18 year old kid from Jersey, like Jay will was, or Shane from Michigan or Dunleavy from, from Oregon, he brought us all together, stripped us of our egos and made us believe that we need the guy next to us to accomplish the goal. That's just on the court. Right. And then we go out, we win a championship. That's cool. But the bigger story about coach K is that he just doesn't stop there. Like, I've talked to Coach throughout my NBA career. He's given me tons of advice after becoming a father, uh, after and, and retirement and business and different walks of life. He's always there. Um, he's always been the mentor, always been the leader. He's one of those guys that, you know, once once you commit to him, he commits to you. So, obviously, he's a Hall of Fame coach with tons of accolades, and we can sit here all day and talk about the gold medals and the championships. But he's a, he's a Hall of Famer in life, and that's what makes Coach K so special. And that's what's going to be missed. Like he, You think about college sports or college basketball, he is the poster boy for college basketball. He's been that for 40 years, um, done it the right way with integrity and grace and, and humility, I would say, as well. So um, very excited for, his, you know, for him turning the page. I, I didn't think – honestly, I was surprised. I think we all were taken back and surprised mm-hmm. by it. We knew it was coming to an end at some point. He's had one hell of a run as a head coach, but uh, to Jay's point, he really does change, change lives. Yeah, uh, and, and it's really well said. I heard Jay Billis say, who was on last night, that outside of his family, his relationship with Coach, coach K has been the most important relationship in his life. Is, do you think that that is commonplace in the sport? Like, if we were having this conversation about a lot of the other legendary coaches, do you think we'd be saying the same thing, or is that unique to Coach K? 
I don't know. You know, I can only speak for Coach in particular. Yeah. For me, he's had an integral part of my life. Uh, obviously, Jay, I'm echoing the same thing that Jay just said, Jay Billis said. Um, but I'm sure there's certain guys, you know, the, the, like Kareem Abu-Jabbar, Bill Walton with, with John Wooden. I'm sure guys with Dean Smith. I'm sure there are those kind of relationships with other coaches. But, you know, I can only speak of the one that I had. And, I, I mean, I talked to you – know, this is the thing about Coach K. Um, I'm about to turn 40 this year. I've been out of college for almost 20 years. 2002 was my last year in, in college. And I, I sent him a message when I heard this thing last – I sent him a voice note last night, and he always responds. He responded, thank you so much, Carlos. I just told him thank you for everything he's done for, for basketball, for me individually. And the thing about Coach is he's always been there. Ever since day one, uh, when we, we, we asked to, to come to campus and, and step over there and, and be challenged in, in the ACC conference and play against the Carolinas and the Marylands and challenge us academically on campus at Duke, Coach K has been there with study halls and endless, endless practice sessions that got us better as individuals. Um, but then the life lessons keep going. You know, we take the things that we learned from from him on the court, in the classroom, into life as 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 young men and as you know grown men as well. So, co- the thing I would say about Coach is he's always there. That's so beautifully said. You know what? I'm going to leave it there. I was going to ask you a bunch of other stuff. We'll do that another time. This seems more important, and I don't want to get away from it. Carlos Boozer, it's a pleasure. Let's do this again soon. We'll talk about the NBA and a whole lot more. Thanks for a few minutes here. Anytime. My pleasure, Greeny. All right, that's Carlos Boozerers again. They are breaking moves at Duke. Breaking moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. And he was with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. I, I didn't want to dilute that by, by changing the topic because I, I think that is so important. You know, Coach K has just been a larger-than-life figure. The first time he took a team to the Final Four was my freshman year of college. 86, I remember where I was when I watched it, that original team with Johnny Dawkins and Amaker and Jay Billis and all of those guys, and they lost to Purvis Ellison in the championship game, Kansas. Uh, And he has been the most important person in that sport since. And that's 35 years or whatever that adds up to. It's an extraordinarily long time. Um, And I wanted to tell you one quick story about him that I know personally. I don't know Coach K well. I, I know him a little. But the story has nothing to do with me. But there's a, someone who I do know extraordinarily well, who was like a member of my family growing up. He's a kid who grew up. He was my brother's best friend. And our families were very close all through our childhood. And this kid, this young man, went to Duke, was not a basketball player, went to Duke and became the manager of the basketball team. So he's the student manager. So he's legitimately washing the jock straps. I mean, that's what you do, right? They're laundry and tracking plays and, you know, doing things on a, on a chalkboard and whatever it is that student managers do. I, I don't know exactly what the responsibilities are, but let's make it clear. This is not Grant Hill I'm talking about. This is a kid who was the student manager at Duke for several seasons. Many, many, many years later, this young man I'm talking about lost his brother on 9-11. His older brother was killed in the World Trade Center. I don't know how Coach K heard about this, but Coach K did hear about it, reached out to the family, and I know from firsthand experience because I have talked to them about it, spent over an hour on the phone with the mother, talking to the mother of a young man he himself never met, whose brother was the student manager of his basketball team more than a decade earlier. And this was not made public. Again, I don't know this because it was made public. I know it because 
purely coincidentally, I have a close relationship with the family and they told me about it. And I didn't say anything about it on the air. It wasn't told to me for that reason. But many years later, I I did confirm, I asked my friend if if it was okay if I shared that on the air. And I did. I never use his name because I don't, that's not the important part of the story. He's not a famous person. He's not someone you would know. He's just a person who went to Duke. His older brother tragically got killed on this horrendous day. And Coach K heard about it and called up the mom and spent over an hour on the phone just talking to her. I don't know what they said. I'll never know. But I know that's the kind of person he is. So um, those are that, that is one of what will be a trillion stories that you hear about Mike Krzyzewski going forward. And again, I have spent time around him, and I happen to like him very much, but that is neither here nor there. And his place in the history of the game, um, it goes without saying. Anyway, there are so many things I didn't get to there that I meant to. We will take a short break. We will come back and do that. But I just felt like telling that story today just seemed more important than anything else we were going to do. Let's leave that there for the moment. Uh, And we will be back in just a moment after this time for some straight talk. You know, saving money feels good. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels really good, like walk-off home run in the ninth good. And with Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. It's up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise, back in a flash on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you. NBA playoffs rolling on here on ESPN Radio. Tonight, critical game six, Lakers Suns presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 10 p.m. Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. LeBron and the Lakers trying to keep their season alive. Just looking at the players who can be available as free agents this offseason. You never know what changes in that league. I mean, you know, Bradley Beal, who knows what he'll want to do. Damian Lillard, that's a pipe dream, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But Kawhi Leonard has a player option this offseason. Chris Paul has a player option this offseason. Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan. Are any of those players that could change the course of things for the Knicks or any other team for that matter? Most definitely, but, I mean, the question is... What is Tom Thibodeau going to say when 
Kawhi Leonard's uncle tells him he's going to sit out the third game of the season. Like, yeah. I don't know. Kawhi Leonard's not an option. But to be clear, like, Conley, Lowry, DeRozan, all three of those guys would have changed the trajectory of this series. I'm not sure they beat the Hawks with either of them. But again, better to have one of those guys and improve your team than, you know, go for broke, you know, hoping that someday down the road someone, some disgruntled star might decide to, you know, to, to, to be the apple of your eye. Chris Paul, I mean, I don't know how far they're going to make their run this year. And he just got to Phoenix. I don't have any reason to believe he doesn't like it there. Anyway, we'll see. One way or another, as of last night, the Eastern Conference playoffs are over. The West still has three of their four series going. But Hawks-Sixers is the next round. Our BPI, our Basketball Power Index, gives the Sixers an 86% chance of winning. I will tell you right now, I don't see it that way. Mm. And you gave me the stat. Starting March 1st, which is the day the Hawks fired Lloyd Pierce and made Nate McMillan their interim head coach, the Hawks are 31-12, and 12, the Sixers are 31-12, and 12, <laughs> and Joel Embiid is banged up. I'm not saying I'm picking the Hawks, but I think they have a much better than, in my mind, much better than 14% chance of winning. Nets, Bucks, our analytics, our BPI gives the Nets a 62% chance of winning that series. So we'll see where that winds up going. In the meantime, Hembo, you weren't here for this yesterday, but there was something that I touched on. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Uh, Bubba and I got into a significant conversation about why I do not swim in the ocean. Um, and it, there is, this, this began because I saw a clickbait Twitter headline, whatever you call those headlines, clickbait thing, in which they were trying to get you to click on a story that said, how to avoid a shark attack this summer. <laughs> and that is something I most definitely did not click on because I have avoided a shark attack my entire life. From the time I was seven years old and my parents took me to see Jaws in the theater. I don't swim in the ocean. And in the entire recorded history of mankind, no one has ever been eaten by a shark at a swimming pool. And that's why I swim in them. The sharks get to swim in the ocean, I swim in a pool. You, then, in wanting to debate this with me, presented a stat that cannot possibly be true. Oh, it is absolutely true, Green. You are significant, based upon the statistics. Bubba, right? listen to this. You're not going to believe this. This is hardcore data. Okay? It, can, it cannot be refuted. Based upon the data, you are much likelier, Greeny, to die via vending machine than you are get eaten by a shark. More people, Greeny, die when getting a snack out at the vending machine, whether it's the vending machine falls on them or however otherwise via they might vending die, machine. via what? vending machine. See, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying it. Two people die per year, Greeny, using a vending machine, whereas less than one person in the United States dies per year via shark attack. What but am I here's what here? happened, okay? If I walk over to get a snack from a vending machine and I have a heart attack and die, it's not the vending machine's fault. That does not count as a vending machine but, death. Two people year do not die getting a snack from a vending machine i need to see proof of this i want <laughs> photographic evidence what did someone get their hands stuck in it and stayed there so long they starved to death how do you get killed by a vending perhaps, machine perhaps it was a windy day and the vending machine was not full and it fell on them how never windy know. what kind of what, Pretty what, windy. what kind of wind are we talking we're just about talking here about odds we're just talking about odds. what is this dorothy and the wizard of oz you, all of a sudden you are much likelier to die greenie if you use a vending machine than you are going to the beach and getting bitten by a shark. That is baloney. Is I don't buy, Bubba, do you buy this at all? I don't see how that's... I, I'm, I can't believe that you're saying there's only two, or what you said, one shark attack a year? One uh, fatality. One fatality one per fatality. year. Well, yeah. which, is, which is one more than I'm interested in. <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation. I, that one fatality yeah. is never going to be me. I, I've made you that promise, my solemn promise. 
You will never on Twitter see the following headline. Mike Greenberg, comma, 53, comma, ESPN longtime host, comma, eaten by a shark. Never. You will never see that because I'm not going. I don't think you'll see vending either on your uh, I'm not. I use vending machines all the time, and I feel very safe doing that. We need someone to make a vending machines uh, dying movie, and like, like Jaws, maybe a sequel, and Let then that might change your mind. Is it because you touch the vending machine and it has some sort of bacteria on it that then spreads to you? Like, there's no way in the world two people got killed by a vending machine last year. There's no way. There's no way. I want research done on this. How do you get killed by a vending machine? In fairness, the data was, in this case, from 1978 to 1995. There's a chance that vending machines have become more safe. Since 1995, but I'm no. not sure how much. How so. did you get killed by a vending machine in 1978? I remember 1978. <laughs> I was alive then. They weren't dangerous then. No, vending machines were not dangerous in 1978. <laughs> and you know were. what could happen? What? Some dangerous person was hanging out by the vending machine and killed you while you were getting a Snickers. Cause of death. There's no other... Ch- and, and then they listed that as cause of death vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way in the world, no way in the world, an average of two people get killed every year by vending machines. I stand by that. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.